I, I do a podcast. I'm not, I'm not interested in your podcast. The anathema of God was for those who denied justification by faith alone. When that is at stake, we need to be on the battlefield exposing the air and combating the air. We are unabashedly, unashamedly Clarkian. And so the next few statements that I'm going to make, I'm probably going to step on all of the Vantillian toes at the same time. And this is what we do at Simple Reform on the radio, you know, we are polemical and polarizing Jesus style. I would first say that to characterize what we do as fashion is itself fashion. It's not hate, it's history, it's not fashion, it's the Bible. Jesus said, Woe to you, and men speak well of you, for their fathers used to treat the false prophets in the same way, as opposed to, Blessed are you when you have been persecuted for the sake of righteousness. It is on. We're taking the gloves off. It's time to battle. All right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the podcast. My name is Tim, and you are listening to Semper Reformanda Radio. So today I'm here with uh, my good friend and co-host, Carlos Montijo. So Carlos, welcome welcome to the show. It's good to have you here with me tonight. It's good to be back on. Uh, it's been a while, so I'm excited to catch up. It has been a while. I've pretty much gone AWOL. I've been dealing with uh, some controversy. Um, I've had to leave the church that I'm at. Or that I was attending, which was uh, Horizon Christian Fellowship in El Paso, Texas. And uh, I, don't, I don't think that you should just up and leave and not explain why you're leaving. And I don't think that you should leave a church for any reason. You know, I think uh, a lot of people, I'm going to hear it, you know, there's no perfect church, there's no perfect pastor. Um, and so I think that when you leave, uh, you need to leave for an appropriate reason. And uh, when you leave, you need to explain why. So um, the other thing is, uh, Carlos, uh, really enjoyed those episodes with Hiram Diaz. And I want to just give a big thanks to Hiram for coming on the podcast. And um, man, he he really killed it with the uh, critical race theory stuff. Uh, One of the things that I really appreciated was the connection that he made between uh, Satanism and... um, some of the views that are being accepted now and it really just goes to show that there really is nothing new under the sun so uh big thanks to you guys for that yeah the, those were episodes 108 and the first one that we did was 105 so if you check out those episodes 105 and 108 uh was when i interviewed in Hiram talking about critical race theory and that was excellent episodes we had a really good discussion in-depth discussion about those topics yeah and the other thing that I want to highlight is uh, Timothy Kaufman's eschatology um, I think it is one of the most outstanding series in eschatology that I've ever heard um, have you been uh, listening to that yeah, I need to catch up, but uh, I listened to the latest episode and I've uh, gone through uh, about half of it so far, and it is very good stuff. It's hard to listen to uh, when you're not focused because I have to 
I have to really focus when I'm when I'm listening to that because he has he just throws so much information at you, uh, very good information. But it's a very serious, in-depth study of the Bible uh, regarding all of the prophetic uh, events in the Bible and making sense out of them and, and comparing them to the other traditional views and how pointing out the problems with the traditional views. So he, he he's extremely thorough. And he's got some really good articles that he's published as well. This is like world-class scholarship that he's done. And I hope he publishes uh, a book or something about this because it needs to be it needs to be out there. It, we, it, we need, I'm really glad that we have the opportunity to uh, publish it on our platform. And I hope people get a chance to take a look uh, to take a look at that stuff because it is excellent. Yeah, you know I've also been listening to the Trinity Foundation Radio, and they're on episode 8, and Steve Matthews is just killing it, and he's also putting out some really good stuff on his own blog and his own website, um, Lux Luquette, and he's also putting out some really good stuff on Thorn Crown Ministries, so big thanks to Steve, and then of course, a uh, big thanks to Pastor, Pastor Patrick Hines, who is really, behind the scenes, he has really been helping me to deal with uh, the personal conflict or controversy that I've been walking through at my church, uh, giving me some really good sound advice. And uh, and so, big thanks to him. He's had some really, really good episodes uh, come out recently. One of the ones that I wanted to highlight was uh, his episode where he talks about what um, what an elder must do. So, if you... If you get a chance, uh, be sure to check out that episode. Um, let me see if I can pull it up real fast. Um, oh, uh, also, episode number 84 where he had on uh, a guest and they talked about Jay Gretchen Mason's book. That was very, very good. Uh, be sure to check out that episode. Uh, that's actually one of the men that he's training for leadership in his church. It's a very good episode. Yes, yes. And that guy was really, uh, he, was, he brought his A-game. <laughs> He was really on top of it. Um, I forgot his name, uh, so I'll have to go back and listen to it again. But I really appreciated the format that they uh, they had there. Um, so, Seven Characteristics of False Teachers from Thomas Brooke. Uh, that's episode number 83 on the Protestant Witness. And then um, the other one that I wanted to highlight. Uh, oh, man, this is just this is really good stuff. Um, uh, he's He's really put out a lot of good stuff. Um, why ruling, why ruling and teaching elders must call out false teachers. Episode number 76. Be sure to check that out. Um, Radio Lux Lu Luquette. Is it Lu Luquette or Lu Lucette? I say Luquette, but Radio Lux Luquette, uh, episode number 29, anchor babies. Very good stuff. Um, so, you know, just check it out. It's a, uh, it's all there subscribe to us and uh carlos you uh, you wanted to read an email that we got yeah so we have uh some a backlog of emails that i wanted to catch up on um <clears throat> we've been getting some really good uh feedback from john bradshaw he's left us several comments and and uh, emails throughout uh throughout the uh our time as uh thorn crown ministries and I'm really grateful for his comments and encouraged by his feedback, so thanks, thanks, uh, John, for your uh, for your comments and your feedback to us. Um, he did have he brought up a question that I wanted to highlight to our listeners because it's a common 
uh, question. He says, um, he, he was asking about being able to access older content on our website, uh, older episodes, older articles, and things like that. So I wanted to explain that a little bit because we, we're still working out the kinks in the website. And um, so when people see the pages in the website, it Squarespace typically limits uh, the amount of posts to 20 uh, in a page. And so what we're, ha we're trying to work around that to see if, 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 if there's a workaround to that. But uh, there are a few things that you can do now. You can actually search. The search function works really well in the website. So you, if you're looking for a specific episode or, or article, you can search for it and it should come up. Uh, the other thing is that we have two main uh, two main sections on our website and which is the blog and the and the podcast so we have the the mega feed podcast uh, which is the thorn crown network and so if you're on the website and if you go to podcasts and if you click on thorn crown network that will take you to the mega feed that will take you that will show you all of the episodes so and you can scroll down and and click on older uh, for older posts or older episodes there. And if you're looking for articles, uh, the main blog is called is called the uh, the Scripturalist. The Scripturalist is our main blog, and that's where all of our articles are. So you can scroll down there. That's like the mega feed uh, for our articles. So that's where everything is, and um, everything else is basically a page that filters out specific content, um, like if it's pertaining to polemics or to, uh, to the Protestant Witness podcast or uh, Timothy Kaufman's podcast. So we're trying to figure out a way to keep them, to keep the full list of things that pertain to those episode to those podcasts. Uh, but right now we're we're still kind of limited at 20 episodes, so I just wanted to bring that up. And and also an um, important thing is you can subscribe to our podcast. So whatever podcast app you use, uh, you know you can subscribe. You can we're on iTunes or uh, Apple Podcasts or whatever they changed their name to, and so you can search for us there, and we should come up. You just search for Thorn Crown Network, and also another thing to point. I mentioned this before that I use, I don't know what podcast app you use, Tim, but I've been using CastBox and I like CastBox because it's uh, compatible with Android and iPhone and I use both. But the problem I've been having is that they've been, so they've been putting out a lot of trashy advertising, like trashy podcasts that has nothing to do with me because all of the stuff that I subscribe to is basically like Christian stuff, uh, business stuff, technical stuff. Like it has nothing to do with what I like. And they keep like throwing a bunch of trashy ads, and now it's getting worse. When you play an episode, they're actually starting to flash like even trashier ads. So uh, I wouldn't recommend Castbox to people. I'd recommend that you try looking elsewhere first. Um, but uh, yeah, I just wanted to point that out for people because we've had some questions about accessing some of the older stuff on our on our website. That's helpful. Yeah, yeah. So. We've got some emails, some other emails that I wanted to to get us caught up on here. So, yeah, somebody actually subscribed because they heard from us uh, 
uh, from God's Hammer, from Sean Garrity's blog and God's Hammer. So a big shout out to Sean Garrity and his blog. I highly recommend that you check it out. He has some excellent uh, articles there. Very good stuff covering a whole bunch of things. And um, he's an author from the Trinity Foundation. He's published books with them. And he has excellent material. So uh, thank you for that. Yeah, I, I think that we've decided that we just need to create Sean an account and tell him to make uh, to put his stuff on on Thorn Crown. That's right. We kind of joked about uh, that we're we're being outnumbered now quite significantly by a bunch of Presbyterians. Dude, who does that? Yeah. Like we're Reformed Baptists, and we started a network with a bunch of Presbyterians. Yeah, yeah, it's our ties to the Trinity Foundation, I guess. But that's more of a good thing because. Not all Presbyterians are created equal. <laughs> um, oh man! Well, it's funny, man. Um, yeah, we're just we're pretty we're pretty outnumbered, but uh, uh, you know, I think it's awesome. I think every single one of them they're just outstanding theologians. So uh, yeah, we need to do that, and uh, we're gonna do that as soon as we just get the time. So all right, go for it, man. Yeah, that we also gotta. I subscribe to Doug Dalma's newsletter uh, for Solar Appalachian, and uh, he's got some some exciting updates that he he was publishing. Uh, so I wanted to direct you to his ministry as well. He's it looks like they're getting they're getting up and running, and they're also asking for support, you know, for prayers and for some financial support. And to do that, you can go to discoversola.com. Um, I actually, we need to um, we we need to get Doug back on the show. We we talked about getting him back on, and we really need to do that because we have a lot of unfinished business to cover with him. Um, yeah. So he's a uh, big shout out to Doug and uh, his ministry. Hope things are going well with him. You gonna say something? Yeah, I just wanted to uh, point out the Trinity Foundation uh, is also doing their uh, annual book sale uh, where uh, quite a number of books are marked at 50% off. Um, The 2019 resource sale. So the 50% off list price, uh, you can get uh, such books as Against the Churches. So... Against the churches, let me see, there's uh, For the King, and then there's Against the World. These these books are really, really good. They're, um, they're basically the published articles. Um, those are extremely, I, I mean, you're going you're gonna to get so much out of those. Um, Can the Presbyterian Church uh, be saved? Oh, and that's by Sean Garrity. Um, so, uh, you know, maybe we should have him on to talk about that, but a Christian view of men and things, an outstanding book by Gordon Clark, uh, the Clark Ventile controversy, um, definitely a must read if you're going to get into discussions about Gordon Clark and Cornelius Ventile. I mean, so many people just spout off bad information. They'll say stuff like, you know, Gordon Clark was denied, uh, ordination and it's like no he wasn't <laughs> he wasn't denied ordination you don't know what you're talking about so there's a lot of misinformation about gordon clark um that's out there so definitely that's a must read uh you know for the king that's uh that's another uh book that has uh 
a compilation of uh, Trinity Foundation articles. Um, so all of these books, I mean, these are these are really, really good quality books. They're all listed at 50% off. Um, sale is effective. Uh, started May 1st, 2019 uh, through January 6th. So um, I don't know if you have a birthday coming up or, uh, you know, Christmas is coming up. Just get yourself some, some quality Christian books. I highly, yeah, highly recommend them. I recently ordered uh, nine books from them as well. Um, I got some really good stuff. I got God and Evil, The Problem Solved. That's a chapter from Clark's Religion, Reason, and Revelation. Uh, and that's actually uh, also in Volume 4, which is Christian Philosophy. So I highly uh, suggest that you get that as well. Uh, my family's we're doing a Bible study. We're doing a study on, on that book, on God and Evil, and it's been a really good study. Uh, very helpful. Every, I've read that, like, I think at least six times, and I keep learning something new every single time I read it. So that's an excellent uh, book that uh, people should definitely get. And then another one I got was The Emperor Has No Clothes. That's Dr. Richard B. Gaffins Jr.'s Doctrine of Justification by Stephen M. Cunha. I just finished reading this, and it was really uh, informative. Uh, pretty, pretty startling stuff that uh, Richard Gaffin teaches and unfortunately, when he presented this stuff to the uh, to the elders at the church, I think he just they they basically just dismissed it. Um, so that was very uh, it sounds very similar to other accounts of of other issues like the justification controversy with Norman Shepard and things like that. But uh, this was a very very good book, uh, very helpful, uh, exposing some of the serious errors that Gaffin has, um, and and some some not surprisingly some overlap. With John Piper, that there are some similar statements that uh, both men make. Uh, so that's another good one to, to check out. Then I also ordered uh, "Can the Presbyterian Church in America Be Saved?" by Sean Garrity. I've been wanting to, to read this one for a long time, so I finally got a hold of it. Haven't started it yet, but look forward to it. And I also read—I mean, I also bought the uh, "The Changing of the Guard" by Mark Carlberg. And I think that one is an article up on the Trinity Foundation, but. I wanted to get the booklet as well, and uh, that was an excellent uh, read too. He's just kind of a, showing some of the transitions that were being made in the seminary, Westminster Seminary, and uh, the negative consequences that resulted from that. And uh, I got a couple of ebooks too: the Holy Spirit, uh, Clark's book on the Holy Spirit, Clark's book on the biblical doctrine of man. That one looks really good too because he talks about uh, covenant theology there. So uh, there's some good, really good stuff in that one. Uh, the Covenant of Works and things like that. And I got Logical Criticisms of Textual Criticism, which is a very good... Uh, I think that's also up on the Trinity Foundation as an article. It's a very good uh, critique of uh, some of the textual critical decisions that modern scholars make that aren't necessarily warranted. or They may not always be uh, valid decisions because you they tend to make assumptions that may not always be uh, correct. So it's a really good... Um, a study of that uh, it's a very good introduction to textual criticism uh, for people who aren't familiar with the matter the subject matter it's a very complicated subject but um, he's uh, Clark has some really good things to say about that and then another really good book that I ordered is uh, sacramental sorcery by uh, a Presbyterian named James Henley Thornwell and that book is outstanding it's a really good book uh, I haven't finished it yet but he, he talks about just how corrupt um, 
Roman Catholic baptism is. And it's amazing. I was being a Catholic myself. I didn't realize how bad it was uh, until he was kind of exposing it and how just the way that they corrupt the water with oil, they mix it, they mix it in with oil and uh, just all of this perversions that they do uh, to the to the baptism. And this is a huge controversy with Presbyterians because some Presbyterians, I think Calvin himself said that uh, Roman Catholic baptism is is considered valid. So you were telling me about this, and Hodge thought that the Roman Catholic baptism was legitimate because Roman Catholicism retained some of the gospel. Is that right, or what was it that you were telling me about that? Yeah, so that it's a, a very interesting book. Uh, there, there's a big controversy. There was a big controversy at the time with Thornwell and Hodge, and Hodge unfortunately made a very poor uh, assessment of Roman Catholic baptism, and there was a big debate about that. And Thornwell was squarely on the right side of the camp. And yeah, let me let me see if I can find the quote real quick. Yeah, here it is. So on page nine of the book, Thornwell. Actually, yeah, it's the foreword. I think it's Robbins. John Robbins writes, wrote the foreword. Uh, he quotes Hodge saying this, Indeed, it is a matter of devout thankfulness to God that underneath the numerous grievous and destructive errors of the Romish church, the great truths of the gospel are preserved. The Trinity, the true, the true divinity of Christ, the true doctrine concerning his person as God and man in two distinct natures and one person forever, salvation through his blood, regeneration and sanctification through the almighty power of the Spirit, the resurrection of the body and eternal life are doctrines on which the people of God in that communion live and have produced such saintly men as St. Bernard, Fenelon, and, uh, and doubtless thousands of others who are of the number of God's elect. That was from Charles Hodge. I, I, don't, I don't understand the disconnect. That sounds like a lot of the people that we talk to today that think that Roman Catholicism is, is a legitimate form of Christianity, and it's not. And I just I don't understand the disconnect, but that is that is wrong. And, you know, you got to be able to say it's wrong even when it's, you know, people from your own camp. I mean, um, you know, we both respect and highly revere uh, Charles Hodge's work, um, but he was human and he, uh, you know, he's not the standard. So uh, when he's wrong, he's wrong. I mean. That's all there is to it. Yeah, yeah, I I'm pretty I was pretty surprised by all that, and unfortunately because of Hodge's clout and the influence that he had in Presbyterianism in general, uh, this led a very this did a lot of damage uh, downstream, and th- there's still a, a, a very it, it, it can get a it's, it's a pretty sharp debate still going on in Presbyterian circles and. And it's pretty sad because Thornwell destroys all of the opposition. Like, there's no way you can you can you can validate that claim from the Catholic Church. Like, all of the doctrines that he quoted as being preserved by the Catholic Church are completely perverted. And this is somebody coming from the Catholic Church. There was no there was no understanding of the gospel at all. I had none of it until I got out of the Catholic Church. It's it's a it's all a farce it's like it's like a uh it, it's 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 so demonic because it's antichrist and they don't none of the stuff that he mentioned is actually 
taught or or from a biblical perspective. Yeah, well, they they did not preserve the gospel. They anathematized the gospel at the Council of Trent. Yeah, and uh, and therefore condemned themselves. And um, Roman Catholicism preaches a damnable gospel uh, and is a false church. So it is pretty baffling. And th- this also reminds me because I was listening to uh, uh, our church library has a has a copy of a debate between James White and Doug Wilson about baptism, and it was very interesting that they brought up this issue with Calvin. Uh, Wilson was bringing up this issue with Calvin and citing Calvin in his favor and uh, Hodge as well. And so it, it's it's just interesting to see how people use men like these because they know that they're well-respected theologians, rightly so. And that's why you got to be able to say, yep, yeah, Calvin was wrong. Hodge yeah. was wrong. Yeah. You know, like, good argument, but, you know, it's not going to hold any water. You know, that it's... It's very similar to people quoting, uh, quoting these these other people in favor of Piper, and it's like, okay, well, great, that's not your standard. And just because somebody said something similar to Piper, doesn't exonerate, you know, Piper at all. Yeah, right. You know. Yeah, even yeah, even Gaffin, uh, Gaffin does the same thing. He quotes Machen in his favor. Um, unfortunately, where and and people uh, of the Federal Vision variety. They tend to quote some uh, pa- some quotes by Machen where he unfortunately kind of took a, a an unbiblical view of, of works in in certain passages and uh, they take they take that and run with it because they know that these men are highly revered and well Richard Gaffin quoted him uh, I think I think that if I remember correctly that was in uh, the Emperor Has No Clothes yeah the author uh, points out that Gaffin quoted Machen to uh, sort of substantiate his view. Yep. So, I mean, we, we only agree with men as far as they agree with the word of God. Yeah. Yeah. And the, put that on a t-shirt. Right. And, and that's the, because one of the issues that, and it's partly the issues that we've been talking about with Piper is that how you define works and, um, Machen basically kind of restricted the view of works and certain passages to only relate to works that you try to earn, use to earn your salvation. Um, but that's not what the the works that works in that context means. Works just means works required by the law. Hodge actually has a really good definition of that. It's works required by the law. And so um, that that led to some serious problems downstream once again. And these Federal Vision guys try to run with that. And in order to sneak in works back into the picture uh, on the final judgment and things like that. So it's a very subtle error yeah. that some of these men make. Um, um, so let's uh, let's move on. What else do we got? Uh, I, I don't even know what we're going to call this episode, like a conversation between Tim and Carlos. Cause catching up. Yeah, we got some catching up to do. So that was it. This is an excellent. Yeah, this is an excellent book by. Uh, and even David J. Engelsma, a very well-known and respected uh, Protestant Reformed Church theologian, highly respect him. I mean, he has some excellent material, and yet he believes that Roman Catholic baptism is valid. And he was, you know, you know, what's interesting is uh, he just did an episode with uh, Sonny Hernandez. That's right. On reforming yeah. American ministries, 
Maybe we should reach out to Sonny and uh, and ask him about that because I mean he has a, I mean he has a an ear with uh, Inglesma, and um, yeah the the episode that they did was really really good. I learned a lot about uh, the Federal Vision stuff. I think the way that uh, uh, Inglesma uh, articulated the problems with the Federal Vision, and then he he talked about Piper as well. I thought it was I thought it was a really good episode. Um, so yeah, maybe we should uh, reach out to him and just ask him what his views are on that. Yeah, I mean he's he's still alive, so I think he's like eighty now. But uh, maybe we could dialogue with him about that. Yeah, it it is. I listened to his interview with Chris Arnzen on Iron Sharpens Iron, uh, another really good Reformed Baptist podcast that our listeners should check out if they don't know about it already. But he interviewed David Engelsma on there, and. Engelsma basically said that he believes it's valid because he's being baptized by a minister of the church. And it's like, no. how are you calling I the Catholic Church a valid church? That's not a church of Christ. I, I, I don't I don't know. It's baffling. I, I, I don't know how you can say. I, I mean, so, so there, there seems to be a disconnect because I believe Engelsma would call somebody like Piper a heretic. And he does. But it's like, how how would you not call a Roman Catholic priest a heretic? It doesn't make any sense. Yeah. It, there's a big disconnect there. And, and th- that's a trail that is, you, you can see a lot of it in the Sacramental Sorcery by Thornwell. Highly recommend this book. It's an excellent book. It really sheds light on the, the, the controversy between Presbyterians today. And Thornwell himself was a brilliant theologian in his own right. Um, he's He unfortunately was kind of overshadowed by... Uh, these larger figures like Hodge, but and he died young, I think too. So, but he is an excellent theologian. I, I have a lot of respect for him after reading, starting to read this book. It's it's excellent material. So you check out Thornwell uh, when you get the chance. And uh, yeah, so I'm really excited about those books that I got a hold of uh, from the Trinity Foundation. I also got What Is the Christian Life by Gordon Clark. That's his book on sanctification. So there's there's really good material there that I'm I'm eager to dive into um but yeah so going back to our our uh, emails i uh i also wanted to mention i actually wanted to recommend a podcast by uh, called undaunted life by uh kyle and i i i apologize kyle forget i forget the last name but i got in contact with kyle not too long ago and told him that i i appreciated his podcast and He's got some good stuff that you that you should definitely check out. Um, it, it's sort of a podcast for men, and it's uh, it's very good. It's got some good material. Um, he he seems to endorse some of the people that we call out that we uh, sharply criticize, uh, like uh, Tim Keller and things like that. Um, but he he has some really he's very thoughtful. So he he listens to uh, podcasts that don't agree with him or. Um, and even teachers that don't agree with him. So he's actually, it's part of what being a man is. You know, you should listen to people that you disagree with. He'll read like, I even think they said that in his Bible studies, they read books by atheists and stuff like that. Uh, so that's that's useful to, to keep your keep you sharp and to sharpen each other. So uh, good podcast there. I wanted to check, uh, wanted to recommend that for our listeners. Uh, specifically, he actually gave an interesting commentary on uh, the 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 recent interview between uh, Andy Stanley and Jeff Durbin. I don't know if you got a chance to listen to that dialogue, but it was a very good dialogue. Uh, Jeff Durbin basically destroyed 
Andy Stanley. He did an excellent job. Uh, I listened to about 75% of it, and I, I thought if Jeff had just asked, you know, Andy, how do you know who Jesus is? And, I mean, what else can he point to other than the Word of God? Yeah, yeah. And so, like, I thought that the arguments that Jeff used were really good. He he had some really good points. But I, and, and maybe I need to go back and listen to it, but I think there's just a much simpler way to... Uh, to approach it. Anytime Andy Stanley starts talking about Jesus Christ or about the resurrection, just ask him, well, how do you know about that? Yeah. What else do you have? What, what, what else can you point to other than the word of God? Yeah. You know, right. And, and I think this partly ties into this issue between metaphysics and epistemology and which is primary because he tends to favor the historical event as opposed to the, the written revelation that's recorded and it's like when you're talking about yeah. primacy here, we're talking about epistemolo- epistemology and how you know. Yeah. And this was one of the fundamental differences between Clark and Van Til as well. Uh, well, and so so let me let me say this. Um, Jeff dropped a bomb on him when he uh, he's I forgot how it was said, but I mean it was a meme everywhere. And Jeff said, you know, by by uh, the word of the living yeah, God. Yeah. He, he asked him. Andy and, asked uh, Jeff, like, what is your standard, or how do you and, yeah, and he just yeah. basically said the word of the and living he God. Should have, and all I'm saying is like Jeff should have capitalized on that a little bit more. And uh, and and this is just, I mean, this is just friendly, you know, commentary on this. I think Jeff did a really good job. Don't send me any hate mail. <laughs> um, I like Jeff. I, I think he's a he's an all right guy. Um, I just think he could have capitalized on that a little bit more. Impressed Andy for you know. Uh, his epistemology, you know, because Andy's going to stand on the, the event of the resurrection. But how do you know about that? And how can you be sure about that? Well, is he going to point to some, some other source outside of the Bible or is he going to point to the Bible? And so I think, uh, I think there was a really good point that Jeff made, but he should have thrown it back on Andy um, and made him answer the question, you know, how do you know? Uh, I, I don't, I, I don't remember him doing that. Hey, sweetheart. I'm just talking. Are you going to go play? Okay. Um, I, I don't remember him doing that. Um, and, uh, I, if he did, then, then great. Uh, you know, it's, I'm not criticizing him. I, I think he did a good job. Yeah, I think I think he made several good points. I think he did an outstanding job. And per, I don't personally like Apologia Radio. Like I, I really don't like their style. I think sometimes they go too far with some of the uh, sanctification issues and things like that. I, I don't really, I'm not a big fan of them. But I thought he did an excellent job. So uh, that it was uh, very interest, very informative, a very uh, revealing discussion there. And I think it it really show the strengths of a presuppositional approach uh, uh, that's far more biblical uh, than any evidential kind of uh, take that that um, Andy Stanley was representing. Um, but yeah, that, that were some good stuff there. You can check out that podcast, Undaunted Life by, by Kyle. And uh, there, there were some other emails I wanted to catch up on as well. Here, let's... Yeah, so we actually we got a really long email from Michael 
a gentleman Uh-oh. named is that a hate Michael. Mail? No, no. He he was very. Uh, he starts by saying, "I was delighted to find your programs addressing Thomas Hopko, as an Orthodox Christian serving in several local churches in the UK. I am unspeakably unspeakably grieved in my spirit at the distorted way that many Orthodox teachers pre- present the gospel, in the same regrettable way." as so sadly displayed by Thomas Hopko and the many examples you set forth. Uh, I think he was talking about um, Pastor Hines' episodes on Eastern Orthodoxy. He has a, a good number of episodes talking about that and, and Hank Hanegraaff as well. And I, I was a little surprised by this email because he says he's an Orthodox uh, Christian, and I was, I, I was under the impression that there wasn't really a sound strain or branch of Orthodox Christianity that was that was actually biblical so that kind of surprised me I, I, I might try to get back to him about that because he seemed it seemed like he really agreed with uh what pastor Hines was saying so that that was a pleasant surprise um but yeah so you can check out pastor Hines's episodes on that and the protestant witness uh pertaining to um eastern orthodoxy and uh yeah i think I think that was, I think that was most of them. Yeah, I think that I think we got caught up on the emails now. Uh, so actually, so there was a few other uh, comments that some people left us that I wanted to get to. Uh, I wanted to give a shout out to uh, a good friend of ours, uh, Ernie, Ernie Van Boven. Uh, so Ernie, he left us a really good comment, a really good feedback. Uh, pertaining to some of the stuff per- with Piper, and let me find it. So he he, le- he left us a really good comment. Uh, he says this. So you let you guys probably already pointed this out about Piper, but if not, here I notice what Piper says compared to the canons of Dort, rejection of the errors. By which the church, the Dutch churches have, uh, for some time been disturbed. Uh, Piper says that on the day of judgment he will really reject people because of the, they are workers of lawlessness. Uh, and he's talking about believers in that context. We talked about this in, uh, Fla- Fatal Flaw Number Two. And, uh, Kaufman had pointed that out. Uh, then I will declare to them I never knew you. Depart from me. So he, he twists that verse in Matthew 7:23. And he says that people will go into internal punishment because they've really failed to love their fellow believers. Uh, so we, we talked about that in Fatal Flaw Number 2, and that's a quote from John Piper uh, in his book, What Jesus Demand, Demands from the World, page 160. Uh, but, but what we didn't point out, I don't think we pointed this out, at least I didn't, uh, was that the Canons of Dort has a very relevant uh, passage pertaining to this. Uh, in section 6, I don't know... Uh, the one pertaining to, I don't, I'm not sure if it's a section on election here, but it says here that it's a rejection of those who teach that not every election to salvation is unchangeable, but that some of the chosen can perish and do in fact perish eternally with no decision of God to prevent it. By this gross error, they make God changeable, destroy the comfort of the godly concerning the steadfastness of their election and the, and contradict the Holy Scriptures which teach that the elect cannot be laid astray, Matthew 24, 24. That, quote, Christ does not lose those given to him by the Father, John 6, 39. And that, quote, those whom God predestined, called, 
and justified he also glorified that's romans 8 30. and so that's a stark contradiction to piper's teaching that fellow believers will go away into eternal punishment because because i'm sorry because believers will go away into internal punishment if they really fail to love their fellow believers um, so there you have it another glaring example of how piper perpetuates and promotes himself as a protestant historic protestant theologian when in reality he is completely at odds with it well we also need to point out that uh this was one of the points that piper himself um rejected or refuted in his clarification uh which is interesting because um it's it's really it just really goes to show how double-minded he is uh let me go ahead and pull this up uh, in his clarification he says uh that people hear this that you know works are necessary and they come to two uh inferences that are false and um let me go ahead and put uh pull up this one he says um Okay, so uh, it's actually the second uh, false inference. He says, here's the next false inference. Or uh, he says, um, they say, therefore, it's uncertain. I could fail. I could lose my salvation. I could be justified and then not be justified. A child of God might lose his justification. And so he, he, sort, he actually rejects the view. And... What's interesting is when you listen to Piper, this is a legitimate concern um, for his view, because if uh, our salvation is contingent upon uh, what we do, um, which he actually uses the word contingent, um, and Robbins actually called him out for that. If it's contingent upon what we do, then uh, the question is, okay, well, there are going to be some who, who uh, fail. But what Piper points out in his clarification is he says, we work. So he, he again, he acknowledges that we work. He says, but God is the decisive worker. And so yeah. it's still a false gospel because we don't work for our salvation. It's still a false gospel, but he, he backtracks and he tries to, uh, to clarify this. Or he, he basically is double minded because he's preaching a false gospel. But uh, it, it is interesting that. He says, you know, people hear this that, you know, works are necessary and they they make two false inferences. And it's like, well, you made the false inference yourself, you know, because mm -hmm. you walked it out to its logical conclusion. And now you're just being double minded. So, yeah. Uh, yeah. But that and I, I really appreciate Ernie. I've been I've been on the phone with him uh, lately talking to him about the stuff that's going on at, at my church and. Uh, man, he is just, um, he is a really solid dude. And I just, I'm grateful for social media where we can get connected to other, other people around the world. I think he's in, if he's from Canada, yeah. he says, he says, uh, a boot. Yeah. When, when he talks. North. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, the, this is again, what people, a lot of people who criticize us for calling out Piper are not recognizing that even though Piper says the right thing on occasion, they ignore or overlook completely the stuff that he says that's completely false. And so, like we've pointed out before, time and time again, Piper is a both-and kind of guy. He is the quintessential 
both and kind of guy. He'll say the wrong thing and then he'll say the right thing on, on another occasion and then it will be like, okay, well, he's saying the right thing here. The problem is that, like, like you said, he's double-minded. He's contradicting himself and he hasn't addressed what he said and what Jesus demands of the world. And that's still, you can download it for free from his website. And like we pointed out in the episode. Yeah. So I think, I think one of the dumbest things that people have said to me, and we have been attacked. I've man, I've, you've been attacked. I've been attacked. I was blocked from a Facebook group before I even like had the opportunity to answer their questions about, you know, you know, they ask you questions like, do you go to church or whatever? Like, I was blocked from the group before I even had the opportunity to, uh, I, I mean, we've been, we've been attacked, but one of the dumbest things that people say to me is that we're misrepresenting Piper. Let me just tell people how dumb that is. What you have to do in order to represent somebody accurately and fairly is you credit them with the sanity and the decency to tell you what they believe. So you take what they say at face value. I'm not going to call you a liar. I'm not going to call you insane. I, I think that you're intelligent enough to tell me what you believe. So you accept what they say at face value. And then you allow them to define their terms. You don't define their terms for them. You have to let them define their terms. And then you make a valid inference or deduction if necessary. And if the conclusion. So here's the thing. Let me give people an example. If I were to say, if someone, someone were to say all Mexicans are lazy and then someone else were to say, Hey man, that's really, that's really messed up. Why would you call Carlos lazy? You're Mexican, right? Carlos. Yeah. So someone else comes and says, why would you call Carlos lazy? And then the, the first person gets upset and says, I didn't say anything about Carlos. You're putting words in my mouth. You're misrepresenting me. You're taking me out of context. Blah, 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 blah. This is the, the, just the absurd irrationality. It's like, you said all Mexicans are lazy. Carlos is a Mexican. You're calling Carlos lazy. That is the valid conclusion. Now, the, the conclusion is false. You're not lazy because the premise is false, but we've ensured that we're representing that person accurately and fairly just because you don't accept the conclusion, the, the logically necessary conclusion of your own position does not mean that we're misrepresenting you. It means that you should probably revise your position. It's wrong. So it is, it is completely fair to say, Hey man, you're calling Carlos lazy. I mean, imagine the irrationality when somebody says, I didn't say anything about Carlos. I said, all Mexicans are lazy. It's like, yeah, dude, Carlos is Mexican. You're saying he's lazy. This is, this is basically what we have to deal with. All we have to do is we just have to accept what a person says, allow them to define their terms, and make a valid deduction or a valid inference. And sometimes the inferences are immediate inferences. Sometimes it's a, it's a deduction. But when we do that, we ensure that we are representing them accurately and fairly. Now, if they don't want to accept the, the conclusion or the label of, of you know, if they don't want to accept the, the, the outcome, the conclusion of their position, then it's not on us. And the other thing, it's like people are going to deny, 
you know that that they're teaching false doctrine. They're going to they're going to be double minded, and so we're not misrepresenting Piper. We've I'm I'm just so I'm so sick and tired of of people saying that we're misrepresenting him, or we're taking him out of context. It's it's like no, dude. We we allow him to define his terms, and then the other question is, that, that comes to uh, you know that I want to ask is. So are you saying that he's crazy? Are you saying that he's he's stupid? Like he can't he can't, because what people will do is they'll try to rephrase what Piper what they what they want Piper to be saying, and they'll try to rewrite it and say, well, I think that he's he's trying to say this, and the question becomes, well, that's not what he said. Are you saying he's stupid? Are you saying he's he's a liar? I mean, let the man speak for himself. Yeah, yeah, and we're not just. We're not just calling out something he said in, back in 2006. I think that's when he wrote What Jesus Demands of the World. We're calling out what he said w- within the past year. And because there's things that he said he, that he's doubling down on that he is saying that's completely false about the Bible and about your salvation. So it, it's not like this is some obscure, obscure quote back in uh, 20 years ago. This is still happening. He's still making a bunch of false statements about salvation. And that's why we're calling him out. So, uh, yeah, people p- people who say that tend to not read Piper, t- tend to not even be familiar with his material uh, that well. Definitely not as much as we yeah. are because we've actually read his stuff thoroughly and and have scrutinized it and have been qu- and have quoted it uh, in abundance in our in our in our criticisms to show to to show his his context. And he, that he means what he says, like like you said, and what he says is completely false about final salvation and things like that. So, yeah, yeah, total. I don't know if do you want to talk about Brandon. Uh, I forgot that guy's name, Brandon Craig, yeah. right? Uh, Facebook, Facebook, Facebook. Well, maybe Facebook. here's here's maybe. Yeah, I mean, hey, Brandon, um, it would have been nice if I had the opportunity to actually discuss things with you, but um, he, he, I think he's the one who blocked us, and he mentioned me by name, and then, didn't like, anybody who disagreed with him, he removed their comments or blocked them, and wouldn't even dialogue, and, I mean... yeah. It's like what a coward. So, <laughs> I, I, I mean, don't don't have a blog and a social media platform, and then you know mention somebody by name and not, you know, not have a civil conversation with them. You know, I don't even know the guy, but it's like I I would have loved to have just you know, hey man, how's it? And, and the thing is, what's so interesting about this is I didn't even have time to really say anything about the the issue so it's not like i was gonna like suck up all his time and and uh but i think he got upset with you because you told you accused him of lying. yeah well let's set up the context a little bit he for those of you who don't know there's this guy called brandon craig he has a blog called the reform layman and it's also a facebook page uh for the blog and i think you had jumped in one of his posts about piper and you were you were disagreeing with him and then I saw I was just I was disagreeing with several people. I don't even remember what I said because he deleted my yeah. comments. 
but the reason I got involved was because he mentioned me me by name. And there were, there were some people on there that were like, oh, he's talking about glorification. And so I posted a quote from the article that I wrote with Tim because Tim actually wrote a section about, you know, as Piper speaking about glorification. And I, I copied and pasted that. And then I, I might have, like, said something. Uh, you know, if I, if I hurt anybody's feelings, I apologize. That's not my goal. <laughs> but... but uh, Apparently, you know, Brandon, uh, Brandon put his foot down and, uh, he showed me what's up cause he <laughs> blocked me or he, I think he blocked me. I don't even know. I don't even care. Uh, it's just, yeah, he, I'm sure he did, you know, he blocked both of us. Okay. Yeah. Um, and he probably doesn't even listen to this episode, <laughs> but this just really goes to show like the level of maturity that we deal with. Cause we're willing to talk. Well, yeah, speaking about that, and we're, I don't really want to waste time with this guy, but uh, we're just, I want to bring it up to our listeners just so that they're aware uh, and to be careful with this guy because he's really, um, what he did was very immature and cowardly. And so I jumped in there short, I guess sometime after you did, and I said, no, uh, you're actually, that's not true. I, I told him I expressed my disagreement about regarding Piper, whatever, and then he blocked me from his page. And so then, so what I decided to do was invite him to the show because we've been trying to get uh, somebody from the opposing who who defends Piper on our show, and and to talk about it. And so I sent him an email uh, through his website. And I sent him a formal invitation. I told him this. So, dear Reform Layman, dismissing us as slanderous without substantiating your claims is in fact libel on your part. Just because you disagree with our exhaustive arguments doesn't make us guilty of slander. There are even prominent Christians, Scott Clark, James White, the Trinity Foundation, who recognize Piper's errors. Are they slandering him too? We're not the only ones pointing out his errors. So in a spirit of mutual upbuilding, I cordially invite you to come on Semper Reformanda Radio and tell us why we're wrong. Uh, we won't corner you or attack you. We'll even let you drive the discussion and to make your case. And we'll simply respond the best we can to your objections. I genuinely think this helps. This will help both sides understand each other better rather than just grenade tossing each other from opposite ends. What say you? So I sent him that, invita- that email and he, he hadn't gotten back to me. A day or so had passed, and then I I joined a meme, uh, some new Facebook group, uh, meme groups, the Reform Meme Group or something like that, and uh, so I I ran into him there because I, I something funny, uh, it's kind of a funny story, but without getting too much into it, I I was trying, we I guess you were trying, we were trying to figure out who the Reform Layman was because we didn't even know. And so I started looking around in that group and I noticed that somebody had said something that sounded like a post that the reform layman had posted on Facebook. And so I was like, okay, so that sounds like it was basically the exact same post. And so the guy who posted it was Brandon Craig and he posted it in this reformed, uh, it's called rape my reform meme or else. And, um, th- there's some funny stuff on there. There's some, it's, you know, it's a meme group, so whatever, but, um, so, there's a lot of people there who defend Piper 
And there are some who 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 uh, agree that Piper is wrong, but um, there seems to be a lot of people uh, who defend Piper, and Brandon Craig is one of them. And so I, I can't even see his stuff anymore. But he uh, he he posted something, and then I thought, okay, maybe it's this guy. But then I saw at the bottom he was talking to another guy called Ashton, and Ashton said, I'm gonna take this from you. Can I quote it and use it for somebody else? And he's like, okay, so they said fine and then and then i thought okay well maybe it's ashton because he's the one asking him for this for this to, to quote it so i thought it was ashton who was uh the the reformed layman but then after i i was gonna i confronted him in sort of a funny way in one of the memes and i told him hey so what what do you think about coming on the show uh ashton or i mean you know reformed layman and so we went back and forth and he said no i'm actually not the guy so i was like okay well it's either you or brandon and so then we kind of figured out that it was Brandon and so Brandon responded to me uh to my email in that group and I, I'm trying to see if I saved it I hope I I hope I saved it well one of the one of his justification for kicking you out or and blocking me was that we accused him of slander he accused us no he accused yeah, us of slander that, that we accused him of libel. Oh yeah, right? well, yeah. I wanna, I wanna pull that up too because, um, which I didn't even accuse him of libel. That was you, and I got blocked. I mean, I, I would have. I didn't even see where. Where did he accuse us of slander? Oh yeah, he did that. He did That's, that several times. Like he, wait, wait. A piper, a piper fan accused us of slander. That's yeah. weird. Like, like that's never happened before. Brandon. Basically, he accused me of slander because I claimed that Piper denies sola fide and when he explicitly affirms it. And so he, this is what's funny about that because this was my response to Brandon regarding that. He, he said a bunch of other stuff. He, he said he doesn't have time to come on or whatever and he, he didn't want to come on. Uh, so he denied the invitation. Um, but then this is what I told him. So I told him, Brandon Craig, suit yourself, but you're wrong. If you actually read what I wrote or listened to our podcast, you'd know that I clearly state Piper is a both and kind of guy. Like we just said, once again, he affirms Protestant orthodoxy, but teaches contrary doctrines. And I don't just claim that Piper's teaching is uh, teaching error. I document it with extensive quotes and arguments. Our whole team does. The Arians, quote, confessed the very creed they rejected by eisegeting their heresies into it. I learned that from Piper. Claiming one thing and teaching something contrary is the false teacher's favorite sleight of hand. And by that comment, I don't mean that Piper's doing this intentionally. But it's nevertheless false teaching. And so it doesn't matter that he's, that he's sincere. That doesn't let him off the hook. If what you're teaching is false, it's false. And you need to be called out for it. Um... So and then I, I continue. Your bald, your bald accusation of slander is in fact libel on your part, as I said before. Given that there's still sharp disagreement on both sides, means that there should be more productive discussion rather than empty dismissals of slander. And I demand, and I, I demand that you be put on trial for selling under a false flag of SBC while exercising admin status here. Then that, that was like I was trying to end it off on a on a light note, on a positive note, like a joke, uh, because I thought he was an admin. 
uh, in that group, and only Reformed, only Presbyterians are allowed to be admins. And his his uh, profile said that he was a Reformed Baptist, so I guess he was Baptist, and now he's a Presbyterian or something like that. Well, um, I thought he he wasn't an admin. No, I, I guess not. Somebody clarified that that he wasn't, but that that's what yeah, I. So you yeah you were wrong. R- yeah right. Well he he's exonerated. Yeah, but and that's what I told him, and after that he blocked me, and so that was that was that was pretty much it and well but then how, how old is he is he a millennial does he need a safe uh, no space? no I, th- I think he's he's like it seems like he's in his what late 30s early 40s oh i mean so that's oh man, he doesn't seem is, like he's that young is he a democrat but, does he need a safe space <laughs> I, I mean i mean th- th- yeah it's it's that kind <laughs> of behavior what, what are we like, dealing with here it's it's pretty shocking and and uh cowardly but so so then we this guy matt uh shout out to matt he he was he was trying to help us because i i told him that we've been trying to find somebody to come on the show uh to to discuss piper with from an opposing viewpoint i think that would really benefit benefit both sides i genuinely think that and which by the way we may extend an invitation to ashton who i talked to earlier he was very gracious about the whole thing and he said he was willing to come on so hopefully you know, we'll see. We'll see if we can set something up with him, if he's still willing to do that. But uh, so we got in touch with Matt, and he showed us some of the exchanges that happened between Brandon and some other guy. Uh, I think he's an admin, uh, Nathan. Nathan. So uh, Brandon told Nathan, uh, and I think he's referring to you, to 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 you, Tim. He says he means. I personally blocked the guy. Well, I don't know if he's talking about. Maybe he might be talking about Matt because Matt was trying to find somebody to come on the show. He was like, you know, trying to ask somebody. Uh, so he says, Brandon says this. He means I personally blocked the guys who accused me of libel and one other accusing me of bullying when he was the one on my page. So Nathan says, Ah, well, no less. Uh, no loss to intelligent discourse then well played brandon so the guy just assumes that you know we were a bunch of morons and and that was it when in fact he was the one who accused us of slander first yeah. falsely so because what what his accusation was baseless and false to begin with did he just so, call us stupid no yeah, no well, loss of intellectual discourse yeah <laughs> huh. so the guy doesn't even know us and he doesn't well, even know the story so i mean and, and you know one it's, who answers before his... he hears a matter you know it's, but anyway yeah well, and, and it's his page, his rules. I mean, if he wants to block us, I mean, if he wants to run his page like that, like, okay, fine. Yeah, I, I could care less. I, I could, yeah. He, but, he acted you like know, a child it's and... kind of like, don't accuse us of slander and then not talk to us about it. I, I mean, it's just, it's immature, dude. It's Yeah, he acted like a child and we just wanted to warn people from that guy, from Brandon Craig and his, po- his website, the reform layman, uh, he, he, well, I had, def- I had other people messaging me privately telling me like anybody who disagrees with him, he's going to, de- he's going to delete. And a lot of people yeah. were disagreeing with him yeah. and he, it's like, nope, can't like delete. And, uh, and, and here's the thing I have like put stuff on my Facebook page and then somebody will take me to task and I delete the whole thing because I realize like, okay, I don't actually have time to sit down on Facebook and, um, 
you know, type out responses all day. I've got other stuff to do. And so I take down the whole post, you know, because it's, I don't have time for this. I'm mm-hmm. not running from you. If I, I mean, if I have time, I'd, I'd like to engage, but, uh, so it's like, I understand when people do that, but to delete everybody who disagrees with you and leave it up and leave your comments up where you're, you're mentioning me by name and not give me the opportunity to respond. Uh, you're a coward. Yeah. It That's... was childish and cowardly and he needs to repent of that stupid behavior. It's a shame when Christians act like that with, especially with other believers, fellow believers. Yeah. Uh, Brand- so... Brandon, say you're sorry. Yeah. All right. Let's, uh, yeah. let's move on. Um, yeah, so there is a gosh, there's so much to cover, and uh, but I'm glad we've kind of tried to tie up some of these loose ends that we've been wanting to deal with. Um, I, I did also, I don't know if we should, I don't, I don't know if we should read the reviews of our podcast now, or if we should say that for another episode. Um, well, rate us on iTunes. Um, We've got 10, 10 ratings. Um, all of them are five out of five stars. All right. Uh, we have one from uh, Pastor Hines. He says, uh, this is Pastor Hines, host of the Protestant Witness podcast. I'm very privileged to be with very godly, serious-minded men who love the true gospel and desire to proclaim it to the world just as I do. So big thanks to Pastor Hines. Yeah, the privilege is absolutely ours we're very grateful to have pastor Hines on thank you for that yeah you know what's funny man somebody recently told me we were talking about john piper of course and they they mischaracterized me as like you just get mad anytime anybody disagrees with you that's what they said about me Mm -hmm. and i was like oh man that's so wrong go listen to pastor Hines's episode where he like just takes us to task over baptism uh i think we took that pretty well yeah, yeah. We know how to dis- We know how to. We know how to play along with people who disagree with us. We have. Half we're of we're the... pretty. We're pretty well seasoned in uh, the area yeah. of uh, people taking us to task. <laughs> <laughs> so we uh, we're not going to get upset. Or if you disagree with us, um, shout we, out to the porch. We, yeah, shout out to the porch. Um, all right, so this next one is from Abby Youth 89 uh, who says, uh, The sermons have been great. I'm guessing uh, Pastor Hines because uh, he's the only one who really posts sermons on here. Uh, Abby says, uh, I hardly ever read who's the one preaching, but he does a good job. So, yeah, it's, it's Pastor Hines. Uh, it's always nice to listen to a podcast that holds to the biblical doctrine of faith and grace uh, although I love Apologia and the Dividing Line, I know they don't hold to the same belief as Clark, meaning Gordon Clark, uh, which is disappointing given that it's a biblical view. So, yeah, I, I agree. I, I do like Apologia. Um, I like their podcast. I, I don't like their TV show. I just... And it's... Uh, I don't want any hate mail. I'm just... Um, there's nothing wrong with saying you don't like it. I mean, I don't like it. I don't like no, it either. No. So yeah, I'm not trying to bash him. I'm just uh, I'd rather do something else <laughs> than watch um, like a, a night night show. Uh, television. Yeah. So, anyways, um, 
let me see. There's another one. Uh, oh, from Colo Dog, who says, I appreciate the serious and sober approach that these brothers take when dealing with their subject at hand. Great content. Another one from Sal Adam, who says, don't always agree with them, but love the fact that they do some serious homework and handle topics firmly, yet fairly from their perspective. Uh, this show, this is a show to check out for sure. So that's, uh, that's from Shina's lights. Uh, Adam Staub, uh, big thanks to him. Yeah. I, um, I want to, and, and of course he's, ta- he's, uh, he's new covenant theology and that's what we disagree with, but, uh, I think he's a pretty solid, uh, brother in the Lord. And, uh, we don't agree with new covenant theology. Uh, we think that it's a gateway drug. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> it's not <laughs> the gateway drug uh, to fundamentalism. Yeah, uh, the, the new fundamentalism. Drug to fundamentalism. Uh, uh, but speaking of Adam, and, and I want to thank you very much, Abby and Cola Dog, for your review, your positive feedback. We're very grateful for that. And I want to give a shout out to Adam Staub as well of Shine's Lights Podcast. He was one of the uh, podcasts that was with us when we joined. Um, the Bible Thumping We Network, and I think he's still on there. So uh, highly recommend his podcast, despite the fact that he is uh, he has NCT leanings, uh, you know, with some of the episodes that I've listened to. But leanings, uh, he's NCT. What are you talking about leanings? I guess he's, yeah, but he, he's, he's, he's full blown NCT. Yeah, I guess so. Um, and but it, he has uh, really good stuff. I, one of the I want to highlight one of the episodes that he did. Um, that so I. I not too long ago, listen to episode 99 of Shina's Lights podcast called Endgame, Population Control and a Christian Response. That is an outstanding episode, and I highly encourage everybody to listen to it. It was an outstanding episode. These guys have their pulse on the culture. They really, they know what's going on, and they really give a solid biblical response to it. Yeah, and that brings up another thing that I really appreciate about Adam is his uh, perspective on schooling. Yeah. He uh, he did some really good episodes on uh, homeschooling. And he actually, man, I, I love to see this because he's actually doing, or he was, I, I don't know if he's still doing it, um, but he was doing a podcast for kids. And I love the fact that he's he's really taking it seriously to train up his own kids. I mean, but he's a pastor, so like you would expect that he would have this mindset, but to uh, training and equipping his kids in the faith. And so um, I I really really commend him for that. I think that the Lord, when when you're a parent and you take that role seriously, I, I believe that the Lord will bless that. Um, that doesn't mean that every, every child is, you know, uh, gonna, I've, I've seen some, some kids grow up and they, you know, fall away from the faith. But, uh, as parents were called to, to just be faithful and to trust God in that process. And so I, I really commend him for that. I, I love that he's taken on that job seriously and, uh, his, his episodes on homeschooling were outstanding. I've only been able to do one episode on homeschooling, um, but man, I I really and I think if you if you're going to can I mean if you're going to um, not do homeschooling, I think maybe there there's um, maybe some good private schools out there, but uh, I think Christians are going to be faced with 
an, an ever increasing challenge to um, to ward off the, the the influence of the world, and that's primarily going to come through public education. and uh, And I, I think that Christians need to take a second look at their schooling options. So, um, yeah, I'm with you on that. Yeah, um, big shout out to to Adam again, and uh, we may have to invite him on the show and catch up with him. It's been a while since we've talked, but um, very grateful for that brother and his, his podcast. It's very good, very good content. Uh, just ignore the NCT stuff, <laughs> but um, <laughs> the uh, <laughs> oh man, throwing shots. Yeah, all right. I'm glad we're all men and we can just take it. Yeah, so. Um, I know we're kind of all over the place, but I think this was kind of, this is just stuff that we've really been needing to get to. Um, what else do we have? So I guess maybe we can end it on this note. Uh, Yeah. Well, hold on. Why don't we end it on, um, I I want you to, you, you went on vacation recently. Uh, you did some sightseeing, uh, you read one of Piper's books and I wanted you to give me some of the feedback on the on the show that you were given uh you were giving me some feedback uh on the phone i want you to cover that because and we can just end it on that yeah note. yeah so this is partly kind of the excuse that we have for not uh being it's been a while since we've released an, an episode recently so uh, i guess i wanted to apologize to our audience for that um we've kind of had a lot of stuff going on uh just personally i went on vacation for like two weeks to dallas and houston visit to visit family and um th- you've had a lot going on with your church and recently leaving that transitioning out of there so uh we've had a lot going on and but uh so it's 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 nice to be able to talk about this now it's been a while it's been like a couple months now or you know so or more than a month so but yeah so i recently uh, not too long ago went on vacation and uh went to Dallas first and had a blast there. We, if you're in Dallas, you suffer from an embarrassment of riches there. There, there's just so much cool stuff to do there. Um, we went to a ton of like Bible museums. We went to a Holocaust museum actually. And it it was also like adjacent to a, a museum of biblical history. So I'll I'll try to put up the links to, to those really cool places that I went to. Um, but they are, they have some fantastic stuff there. It was fascinating. Uh, things there we also went to the dallas museum and they've got some interesting stuff there too but it wasn't the, actually there was some really interesting stuff there too there was really interesting historical artifacts and even you know from like the founding fathers and they have like all kinds of uh, epochs there like all kinds of ancient ancient stuff and and uh, more recent stuff but uh we had a blast and so we we also uh I got the chance to to visit uh, Pastor G. Craig Lewis's church. It's uh, Adam and Believers Council in North Richland, North Richland Hills. Uh, that was one of the things I've been wanting to do for a while because he was he was actually the pastor that um, introduced me to Christ, basically to to God used to to save me uh, through his uh, videos, The Truth Behind Hip Hop, and I highly encourage people to check that out. Um, there is a funny thing about this pastor because. He is not reformed at all. Like he's, he's a pretty strong Arminian, in fact, and um, but he's done such outstanding work with respect to the family. I've learned a ton of stuff from him regarding family life, regarding 
uh, being a man, uh, manhood, you know, womanhood, um, church discipline, ch- you know, dealing with church matters, uh, stuff, you know, music, the the influence and power of music, and just so many things. I, he's one of my favorite preachers still to this day, despite the fact that he's not even reformed. Um, even though, if if I get the chance, I think I might have the, I think I might actually have be able to win him over because he does say some things that actually keep him in check relatively so um he doesn't go as far as other armenians do uh with respect to certain things so he he actually checks himself even though it's not necessarily consistent but um really grateful for that pastor i got to go to his church and it was a he has a pretty big church there he's been doing ministry for several years now and um got the chance to hide it say hi to him and i and i i bought a, a several of his dvds one of the ones that um that I recently watched was about race. Uh, it's it's the truth behind hip hop. I think part eleven. Uh, yeah, I think it's part eleven. And he talks a lot about race there. And it, it, there's a lot of overlap with what he was saying with what we were talking about with what I, what I was talking about with Hiram Hiram Diaz uh, regarding critical race theory and things like that. So it, he's got some excellent stuff. He's been putting some really good content out there, really engaging what's going on with the culture, which and society. And providing a solid biblical stance against it and giving you really practical biblical suggestions for staying standing firm standing firm against uh, the 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 tide of liberalism and wickedness and just that's so rampant in our culture today but uh, yeah so that was a really neat um, experience to, to check that out and uh, so another interesting thing that happened, and I wanted to bring this up with you to see what you thought about this, because I went to my nephew's uh, school activity. He had, he had they had a project where they it was a wax museum exhibit, and they had to pick a historical figure, you know, dress up and basically dress up as him, kind of like a what's that movie called, The Night at the Museum. Uh, kind of like those wax museums where they have people, historical figures up, and they, they don't do anything. They just sit, stand there or whatever, pose. And so that's what they w- were supposed to do. They were supposed to pick a figure, and then uh, whenever you press the button, they would give a speech about their life. And so there was a bunch of students there, obviously. And um, so my nephew picked uh, Hershey, the, the guy that – the chocolate company – and uh, he, he did a good job. It was a really good presentation. But one thing really struck me that I noticed that I had never really thought about before. And this was that some of the girls chose male historical figures. And they dressed up as a, as a man, basically as a, as a male. And uh, I think there was one girl was like Abraham Lincoln or something like that. And I, And I thought about that and I was like, oh, I don't know. I don't know if if I'm okay with that, you know, because that like, you know, given what the Bible says about cross-dressing and things like that, and it just kind of didn't sit right with me. And I and I thought about it, and I was like, wow, it, this is so normal, you know, especially in our society. Like, people hearing me saying this, they would probably dismiss me as some like legalist, Pharisaical legalist. That you know, what's your problem? And um, but it really kind of didn't sit well with me with the idea that it's okay for little girls to dress up as men or as a male and as if it's some kind of as if it's harmless and so what i didn't see was boys dressing up as girls i don't think i saw any boys do that 
that probably would have been that that really see and that's the thing like if it's it seems in just sort of instinctively more wrong for a boy to do that but if it's wrong for a boy to do that why wouldn't it be wrong for a girl to dress up as a boy you know because this whole there's this tomboy culture with girls sometimes um but but it's like that just didn't sit right with me and it, it kind of i thought about this like i know the puritans for a fact they would not tolerate that stuff for a minute and that's where our reformation heritage comes from you know so i don't know what, what are your thoughts about that um i don't agree with it uh i i do think you know it's it's funny because i've even seen uh, homeschoolers do that yeah. um like the the girl will dress up as you know some famous uh person in history but one of the things that i think is inconsistent is you know uh the the feminist movement it's really it's really interesting because feminists would criticize us because they want you know to give these little girls or whatever the the freedom to do uh right to to be whoever they want to be so they would they would criticize us for this for this view but then at the same time it's like well wouldn't you want a little girl to um that's exactly what i was gonna say bring to light bring to light like a female figure yeah in history who did something uh meaningful that's exactly what. yeah i i just you know i think um i don't agree with it but that's because I'm approaching this from a biblical worldview. Um, I think that as um, as parents, we need to um, make gender roles and distinctions very clear to our kids. And I think that the world uh, really has done a great job of bringing in gender confusion to our kids. And... Um, um, I mean, I just think that we need to keep those distinctions very clear um, with our kids. But yeah, um, th- this really was was interesting. And I don't think I mentioned this, but I, this was an elementary school, so there were like eight, nine, ten year olds. Um, and it's it's like you said, there's the issue of you you should allow girls to dress up as boys or men if they want to but then there's like there's plenty of women to choose from so why don't you just go with the women if that's like the whole feminist thing uh you would think that they would say that as well but that's just one of the ways in which the the that lgbt agenda just kind of collides against itself it can't sustain itself because it's such a massive contradiction yeah, it's like uh, feminists uh, fighting for uh, Islam. <laughs> it's like yeah, you... oh man, yeah, <laughs> you don't know yeah. what you're talking about. Yeah, there's professors at UTEP at, at the university I went to that that do that very thing, and they are seriously misleading people. Um, it it is really disturbing, but yeah. So that was really interesting because. Yeah, the Bible clearly condemns it. it. You know, it says it's an abomination for a man to dress as a woman and, and vice versa. And so, but Christians, you have even Christians now on events like Halloween yeah. where not only do the the boys and girls dress up as up as opposite genders, but they dress up as monsters and demons and, 
a bunch of other stuff that's ungodly. So it's like, what's wrong with that? People don't even, Christians nowadays don't even think that's wrong anymore. And there's, but there's another issue as well, because uh, you have popular, quote unquote, Christian culture, you know, where the, the, the church is so inundated with this garbage, uh, like one of the most prominent actors in in Christian films, quote unquote, right? Uh, Tyler Perry. This guy has made a living dressing up as an old woman and mocking the church, mocking all this stuff about the church and church life. And people, there's Christians who eat this stuff up. It's disturbing. It's actually really perverted too. He has like half naked men in a bunch of his movies and stuff. And it's like the guy has issues and he's, uh, he's admitted to that. He has issues. Doesn't he, doesn't he profess to be a Christian? Yes. Dude, there, this is what I've learned a lot from G Craig, Pastor G Craig. He's done a lot of work, uh, calling him out because TD Jakes and they had a big, huge event with Tyler Perry and, he Tyler Perry laid hands on TD Jinx. There, there was just a, a yeah. whole mess of stuff going on in that, and that whole part of the the, you know, church quote unquote. But um, he's extremely popular, especially in, in the black church and you know quote unquote black church, to get politically incorrect or whatever. But um, it, it stuff is so disturbing, and there's it's perversion. It's really what it is. We have to call it for what it is. It's perversion, and. It's important to teach our children the the distinction, a clear distinction, like you said, between men and women. And, and you know what's funny is uh, is a lot of people when they talk about this, they act like they're the mature ones and we're we're not. Yeah. And and it's like oh well, you know yeah we're we're mature adults about this, and it's like no dude you're just wicked. Yeah. <laughs> like I you're not mature. I'm you know I'm just as mature as you i'm an adult um but but they 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 act like they're more sophisticated they act like they're more mature and um yeah no uh, you're you're just you're you can't discern the profane from the holy and you're just um yeah you're compromising um some people are just downright wicked uh other people it's like like you said there's other christians that have been duped because you know they they don't they don't consider that the Bible actually has something to say on this, yep. you know? Um, and, and it's funny because they say like, Oh, you know, uh, they, they would, they would profess to have the Bible as the final authority, but that's just on faith. That's not on, um, that's not on anything else in their life as if the Bible doesn't instruct us you know, on everything else. Well, yeah. And, what they fail to recognize is that the Bible gives us a complete and comprehensive worldview. There's nothing in our worldview that's, you know, there, there's no, there's no gaps. You know, if you want to know how to handle your finances, go to the Bible. Mm-hmm. If you want to know how to run a government, go to the Bible. Yep. I mean, all these people that are advocating for socialism, it's the most anti-Christian thing in the world and they say that jesus was a socialist and and it's like no you and and it's funny because they they quote you know uh or the, they'll appeal to the the good samaritan and it's like oh yeah like we should be like the good samaritan therefore socialism 
the Good Samaritan used his own resources, his own money. Yeah, he was not he an didn't, agent he of didn't, the government. He didn't. Yeah, he didn't lobby the government to take that money and take those resources from other people to give it to the poor on your behalf. I mean, the, the disconnect is just, it, it's astonishing. And what we have is we, we have a society that is not Christian. And when you look at, you know, when the Israelites were taken into captivity, there were some that would hold the line and maintained their faith. And there's others who would, you know, fall away into the culture. And so you see, you see like, different degrees of this you see because we're not a christian culture anymore and arguably we we weren't we just had the facade of it but um you know we don't we live in an anti-christian culture and so if people don't have a biblical worldview they're going to be persuaded by the culture that's just that's all there is to it there's just by something there's no false. way yeah. there's no way around it yep yeah, yeah, it's really bad. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, so th that was some really interesting stuff that that was going on, and um, yeah, yeah, we have to be very careful with what's going on and, and be aware of it. Kirk Franklin himself, you know, Kirk, that's another big figure in mu in quote unquote gospel music. This guy has a song called "Smile," where he has lipstick on, and there was people actually defending the guy and he had lipstick on i mean it's just uh, it's unbelievable like how blatant these people are how blatantly anti-christian they are and well yeah in in one of his videos i mean they they make him look feminine yeah in uh in one of his videos but um yeah yeah, yeah. sadly uh, when you have a when you get into the music industry and things like that, you have to pretty much sell yourself out to Satan because that he controls those platforms, uh, without a doubt. And so, um, yeah, there's lots of really bad stuff going on there. We'll have to probably revisit these topics later on when we get the chance. But so I, I wanted to close it on this note because I I got a chance to go to Half Price Books. Uh, it's a really it's a popular bookstore in certain areas certain states fortunately is this where you found piper's book no uh on uh, even better i found something better um so half price well, books that's it's a really it's not hard huh that's not hard to do but did you want to did yeah. you want to read the quote from piper or talk about yeah that? that's what i'm getting to uh, oh so i went to half price books and uh that's a good store yeah it's a really good bookstore sometimes they're a little pricey but I, I wouldn't you wouldn't believe what I found there. Um, let me get the book. Yeah, so I was looking around in the Christian section and much to my surprise I found two books published by the Trinity Foundation and I got a hold of Against the Churches which is a collection of the Trinity Review uh, archives of 1989 through 1998 I was so excited to, to I couldn't believe I found this like in a small little half price books 
in in Forney. It's like it, it's a little town, and sure enough, the two books were there from the Trinity Foundation. So that was pretty cool, and I got a hold of that one. That was really really neat find there that I that I got a hold of. But all that to say, I also read another book while while on you know during our trip. I I managed to read another book, and this one was by John Piper. I had ordered this book a while back, and I finally got the chance to read it when I went on the trip. It's called Counted Righteous in Christ, Should We Abandon the Imputation of Christ's Righteousness? And so, this book by John Piper, it's a short little book. It's only like, uh, you know, 127 pages. And it's a, it's a little book, so uh, I got through it pretty quick, but... Honestly, this was one of the best books, probably the best book I've read by John Piper. The book was pretty much outstanding uh, for the most part. Like, it was excellent. A lot of the stuff that he said was very good. Um, he's, like the book is saying, it, it, the title says he's, he's essentially defending the imputed righteousness of Christ. And so th there was a bunch of good stuff in here. Um, it was very well... Uh, written very well argued l very little that i disagreed with and there so there's a lot of interesting ties to this because so we're we're wrong on everything and we need to retract what yeah, we said right, right right so he he says a lot of good things here and he says them very well in fact like he he states orthodox doctrine very well articulated it very well um and an, an interesting si side note to this, uh, he, he, he makes very sound defenses even of the uh, – in Romans 5 where it's talking about the, the headship, federal headship and things like that. He doesn't take it as far as defending an actual covenant of works because he obviously rejects the covenant of works, uh, which is funny because he's just inconsistent there. He, he defends – he affirms – the fact that we are legally guilty of Adam's sin. He says that when the, you know, when the Bible says that uh, because all sinned, that that really means all sinned in Adam. That's what the passage means. And so he does an excellent job of explaining that and of defending like sound reformed Protestant doctrine. Uh, very, it was a very good read. Actually, it was a very good book. Um, I very much... I, I was like amening, you know, a large portion of pretty much the, the whole book practically. And there was another interesting note about this because when we engaged NCT folks, the New Covenant Theology people about this, they often quote Piper to defend their view, uh, to support their view of New Covenant Theology. But if you read this book, it's actually not very, it's not, it actually contradicts a lot of what m many if not most New Covenant theology people believe about, you know, federal, that's tying to federal headship and things like that. Um, the stuff that Piper was talking about here was very, very close to Reformed Covenant theology. Um, again, just without going as, he, he just didn't take it as far as affirming a covenant of works, but uh, there was some very good stuff in here uh, defending that. However, th there's a, there is nevertheless a however but uh, it wasn't completely unspotted, unfortunately. Um, and so there was, in fact, one 
little footnote towards the end of the book. Uh, it's towards the very end of the book on page 108. So he got, he got, um, he got all the way across the field and then he fumbled the ball at the one yard line. You might say that. Let me, let me, let me, let me read what he says. Footnote 52 says this, the future. So he's talking about, he's starting to talk about final judgment. He doesn't, he he doesn't really talk about final judgment in the book apart from this section here. The footnote says the future tense. Uh, okay, wait, let me, let me read the context here first. So he says, uh, let me read the sentence. Uh, verse 19 of Romans 5 supports this by saying it another way to make sure we get the main point. For though as through the one man's disobedience, the many were made sinners, even so, through the obedience of the one, many will be made uh, righteous. The two different two differences from verse 18 should lighten the meaning. So he has a footnote on the future tense of will be made righteous. So in that footnote he says, The future tense here does not necessarily suggest that Paul has in view the age to come or the last judgment. It is probably simply owing to the fact that as history moves forward, more and more people will believe and be counted righteous when they believe. The effect of Adam's sin was automatic and affected all people in the moment he sinned. Hence, the past tense, many were made sinners. The effect of Christ will be... So, so far, so good. So far, what he's saying is correct. It's right. It's true. So, like we always say, if he just stopped there... If, it, if he had only stopped there and not gone any further. Um, so, here's... He continues... The effect of Christ's obedience was not automatic and affects only those who will believe. This is not to deny, of course, that there is an eschatological dimension to justification in which God confirms our right standing with Him on the basis of Christ's obedience alone with the fruit-bearing work of the Spirit as the necessary evidence and public proof that we have indeed been justified. Period. That one little frick clause, that phrase at the end of the footnote, just like that's enough to raise an eyebrow, you know. And and if I had read the, if I hadn't read anything else by Piper, and I came across that footnote, I it would I would raise an eyebrow, right? That would raise an eyebrow and be like, oh, I don't know about that. Like I don't know what. It, it's not necessarily enough to condemn him because he's not explaining what he means fully, but he's he he's clearly hinting at final salvation. Without a doubt, and when when was it published? <clears throat> good question. So this book was published in two thousand and two. So that was way oh. back in the day. Uh, yeah, you know. Well, and, and so you do see that those views are developed. Well, and it, it's not just that. It's not just that though, because what he's saying here, he already expounded. Back in 1993, in his That's sermon true. series yeah, on the Last Grace. Judgment, he already explained oh, okay. what he means. He said that at final judgment, our works will serve as public proof that we truly are saved. And so yeah. he already affirmed back way back when that our uh, works forensically contribute as evidence to our justification. And so yeah, and this this is where this is where Christians really need to be discerning because um, p- 
people hear him say that our works are evidence and they say amen. Yeah. Like that's the that's the Christian view. But what they need to keep in mind is that, you know, false teachers redefine what that means. And so what he means by evidence is legal evidence in Christ's courtroom. He's talking about the order, final in, judgment. Yeah, in order to render a verdict. Yeah. Uh, so that you might enter heaven by or through those good works and be saved by or through those good works. And so that is a complete redefinition of, of uh, the nature of evidence. And of justification. Yeah, yeah. And so, you know, and I hope that people see when, I mean, we've got to be uh, balanced and fair in, in our criticism. And I think that a lot of times when you see immature Christians call somebody out and they then then the person that they're calling out as wrong they can't admit that that person ever says or does anything right yeah you know and it's like oh they they they're wrong in this and they're wrong in that and and they they're constantly just like beating that guy up well i think that's that's it's really immature but i think that it also misses something very important we do acknowledge that a lot of what Piper says is right. And I think that it's extremely important to acknowledge that because that makes that makes it, you know, when we ask, why aren't people seeing this? Well, what is the wolf in sheep's clothing? I mean, a lot of what these false teachers say is right. But when they're wrong about the gospel, when they're wrong about justification or salvation, it really, I mean, that is, you're looking at the wolf in sheep's clothing. And, you know, <clears throat> I think that's that's why it's so difficult for people to, to see the errors in Piper's work because of stuff like this. It's like, yeah, I mean, he, he, said, he said it right, but then, you know, in the footnote, he's alluding to his false teaching of final salvation where he just completely butchers it. Yeah. You know, sadly. And, and I, I think that it's, I think that it's really important for people to acknowledge like, yeah, a lot of what Piper says is right. But the fact that he's, he's wrong in the gospel makes, makes his views lethal. And just because, just because, so, so if you get the gospel wrong, you get Christianity wrong. And there's a reason why, um, you, you know, there's there's a reason why we don't recommend him because he. Uh, I, I'm I'm trying to figure out how to exp explain this. When when he's right, um, it lures people in and gives them the false notion that he's therefore solid. And I think that that's, I think that's the deception. I, I think, you know, that is the wolf in sheep's clothing. He looks like a, he, he looks like a sheep and that's why it's so difficult to spot them. And that's why, that's why I consider him to be, I actually consider Piper to be the most dangerous false teacher in American Christianity today. Yeah. The, we, 
for, if you want a fuller explanation of this, go back to our episode where we talked about fatal flaw number one. That, this is the first flaw that we covered. Um, necessary evidence and public proof. He is so, and I learned that this was helpful from reading uh, Cunha's book on Richard Gaffin, the, the the Emperor Has No Clothes. So Cunha explains in that book that works from a reform perspective historically were demonstrative and de- or declarative strictly demonstrative or declarative meaning that they would they were a public evidence an outward evidence to other people that you were a christian they did not in any way contribute to your to your salvation or your justification at the final judgment and this also illustrates an extremely important lesson that people need to keep in mind that hopefully they've already gotten away from this uh, from listening to our our stuff and before and 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 reading our our work when you talk about justification piper talks about justification imputed righteousness and he is dead on practically dead on and all of these points but when he starts talking even hinting about the final judgment is where the lethal injection is made and if you fail to acknowledge that aspect of justification with respect to the final judgment that 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 your justification is already final there is no reckoning or or forensic analysis on the final judgment of a believer your judgment is satisfied in christ and you are reckoned righteous the moment you believe and so that was an extremely uh, vivid lesson for me to, that I that I got away from this because everything else was almost dead on point, and that one little phrase at the end of that footnote undermines everything else that he established before. Everything yeah. else, yeah, because it's not enough. You have to be. You are going to still face. God is a judge in the last judgment and he is going to forensically evaluate you to see if you have the works to get into heaven. And, you know, this is why, again, it was very helpful, Cunha's book, to show the way he explained it. It's declarative. They're declarative and they're they're, uh, evidential in that sense, not in the sense of the final judgment to prove that you're actually a believer before God. And so, unfortunately... And uh, well, a lot of people like like Piper appeal to like James chapter two to support yeah. their view of a final judgment. And what's so astonishing is the most basic fun, the most basic reading of James chapter two. James is giving a hypothetical scenario, and the context is a conversation between two people mm-hmm. here and now. It has nothing to do with the final judgment. Because he says, "What good is it, my if what good is it, my brothers, if someone says, I have faith, you know, but does not have works?" That says to who? Says to you. And then he says, "Some will say, uh, you have faith." I'll just I'll just actually read it. Um, look at the context of the hypothetical scenario that James gives. Um, you know, they they butcher this to support their view of of final you know james is talking about a final judgment and and before god it says what good is it my brothers if someone says he has faith well says to who says to you this is a conversation between two people verse 18 but some will say 
You have faith, I have works. Show me your faith apart from your works, and I will show you my faith by my works. This is a conversation between two people here and now. That's the hypothetical uh, scenario that James gives. Yeah. It's And so Piper will rip this and, and use it to support his his doctrine of final salvation at the last judgment and James, you know, and it's like James doesn't even mention a final judgment. You know, the, the context is not us showing our good works to God. It's God, God knows the faith that he's given us. He's even given us the works that we might walk them out or uh, walk in them. So he's given us everything. He, we don't have to show God anything. He knows, but I can't see the faith that you have because it's invisible. I can't see that faith. And so in order for me to see your faith as, as, you know, person to person, it has to be made manifest in good works. And that's the, that's the context of the, the hypothetical scenario that James is giving. And, and these guys just constantly butcher this and the Christian needs to, slow down a little bit, look at what the passage is actually saying, ask, you know, is, is their conclusion supported by this passage? No, it's not. And, uh, and then ask, you know, okay, what is, what is he saying by this? Like, cause you said, like he says, you know, we're justified by faith alone, but how far does that get you, you know, in his view? It doesn't get you through the final judgment and into heaven. Yeah. So. Yeah. That this was a very interesting um, learning experience, and again, I just want people to take that away. We are not misrepresenting Piper. We are completely acknowledging when he is correct, and. Or when when he says something correct. <laughs> when he right when he says things correctly, um, but. Again, I, I wanted to just take away with this because, we, and we've already covered this in our previous episodes. The Christ Himself said, "Most assuredly I say to you, he who hears my word and believes in Him who sent me has everlasting has everlasting life and shall not come into judgment, but has passed from death into life." That's John five twenty four. We've already mentioned this. It couldn't be any clearer that believers are not going to face a judgment at the end. We are, our judgment was satisfied on the cross. That's the whole point of why Christ came. And so yeah. for Piper to say that, and you know, we're going to cover this. We're, we're also going to cover this in a future episode. But unfortunately, in the Reformed tradition, and I think especially with the Puritans, there's been, there, there is also a stream of thought that has developed that where, where works play a little bit more of a prominent role at the at the final judgment then then perhaps they should and so that's we're gonna have to get into all of that stuff especially with like mark jones and that and and that those group of guys that are defending piper from that perspective uh because we have to be very careful with how we are explaining ourselves and our good works and how they relate to the final judgment and so because it's not a ju we're not being judged. We are not being judged to see if we are worthy of heaven. What Piper says is a false gospel. Yeah, I think you bring up some really good points and we're going to have to like get into that um obviously in another episode otherwise we're going to go yeah, for another two yeah, hours. Definitely. But um 
All right. Well, uh, that's all we have uh, today. Just catching up conversation between Tim and Carlos. Uh, just a little bit about everything. Um, we are going to come out with uh, a few more episodes. I'm going to do an episode by myself. Um, I might bring Carlos in at the end of that episode, um, but I'm going to address the situation that I just walked out at my old church. And, uh, and actually, now I'm going to your church, Carlos. Yep, um, the old past Christian church. I asked, uh, I asked uh, Pastor Joe Rosales to just reinstate my... Uh, reinstate my um membership 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 status and he said okay uh because really as i go through this controversy with horizon christian fellowship i have to be under authority um that's just all there is to it um and uh i need to be under church authority uh in case anybody needs to bring a charge against me um and uh so uh, I'm basically submitting myself to Pastor Joe, and I, I we we didn't leave uh, your church. Um, well, now our church, but we didn't we didn't leave that church years ago. So I was a member at your church. We left to go to uh, Horizon Christian Fellowship. Uh, we left really out of practical reasons. It was just closer to home, and uh, and I thought it was a good church. Um, so I and I didn't think anything of it. And as time went on, you know, we, there were just some irreconcilable differences. Um, and you know, that's, that's just, that's where we're at. But I I never left your church out of disagreement with anything that Pastor Joe had said. So, yeah. And I, I know, I know in the past, uh, some people have come into El Paso and they've asked, you know, Hey, where do you go to church? Um, you can find us at old paths, Christian fellowship. Is that right? Old, the Old Pass Christian Church, and the website okay. is theoldpasschurch.org, and um, and I and I wanted to commend you as well for walking this out and bringing light to the to this issue with your old church. I really do commend you for that. Not a lot of people would just not bother uh, taking a stand and and really uh, trying to defend the gospel. So I appreciate you doing that work, and I look forward to uh, bringing that out in the in the in the near future, and. I also, I, I just wanted to thank our listeners for being patient with us, uh, for, you know, it's hard for us sometimes to be consistent with pu- uh, publishing episodes and things like that, so I thank you for your patience, I hope you enjoy this episode, and also uh, thank you for your positive feedback, please continue to leave us some good, f- your, your feedback, whether good or bad, uh, email us, uh, review us on iTunes, uh, whatever you, you want to do. And, and also, you can remember that you can call us and leave us a voicemail at 915-302-0915. Yeah, or you can email us at thorncrownministries at gmail.com. So, yeah, I just wanted to thank our listeners for that and um, hope you enjoy the show. Yeah. All right. We'll catch you guys next time. God bless.